Yes. Um, up at the top on our prayer guide, under anticipating recovering from surgery, Josh Martin, uh, we have leg amputation. I have seen someone on Saturday who has corrected that. His leg did not have to be amputated. Thank the Lord that there was prayers answered already. Uh, they did a, a huge cut in the leg. There was an infection that was very bad, but thank the Lord they did not have to amputate his leg, and he is recovering at home. So that is a very good report on that. Did yeah. not have to amputate. And that was the one thing, and I, there were other corrections that I have made on the prayer guide as you read your prayer guide. And I have a new, um, a few weeks ago, Karen Bechtel shared about uh, helping to care for, well, it's her son and his wife. I think I have that right, Karen. Yeah. And they have the, the two children, Leah and Lexi. Well, the, the birth mother is now going to try to get full custody of them. The birth mother is not a good person. Has been in prison, on drugs, all kinds of annex and plain words. And there'll be a, like Karen said, she don't know what they're talking about, a conference on November 12th, but I can't believe our laws and our system, the justice that we're talking about in the world, where whatever's happening to it, uh, that they're not seeing this with, this woman is in her full power to try to get these children back. She hasn't had them. They've been living with, they've been caring for these two children, Karen's family. Karen has become very close to them. They're like her grandchildren all the time. And it's a horrible situation. We need prayers so much for this whole situation. It's horrible. Uh, two things. Uh, first, about Mary, not Mary Kettering, uh, Ivy Schwab, which is the last on that uh, uh, bottom section. Um, Ivy, uh, according to the, the Hershey Med Center's chaplain, that was where I got this, that, sh that she fell, and that's why she was in Hershey Med. Now, I, I tell you what, they don't, they don't t talk a straight story. <laughs> um, because the chaplain over at, at Londonderry Village didn't know anything about that. All right, I go, but then why was she in the hospital? Oh, I don't know. Um, so they did all kinds of x-rays and they did COVID testing sent her back even though she was negative at the hospital for COVID, they have quarantined this dear lady for 14 days even though she's passed, uh, tested negative. Ryan and I are both upset at this, okay? Even the chaplain over there at Londonderry cannot get in to see her for 14 days. Yeah, yeah, just sort of think about that. Anyway, after the 14 days, we under, Ryan and I understand that uh, sort of on a prorated basis, we will be able to visit her, but not until that 14 days is up. So pray for Ivy. They, the chaplain's office at the Hershey Med Center had her dead. <laughs> She's dying. You know, no, well, that wasn't true either. 
she, she wasn't coherent because they were pumping whatever into her. Uh, uh, probably morphine, I don't know. Anyway, that's sort of a kettle of fish, and I'm, I'm done talking about that so I don't get more upset. Um, the other thing is praying for Lirio de los Valles, which is a Hispanic congregation. Uh, something you need to be aware of, the, the Lebanon Church of the Brethren is down to about 25 people. Karen and I have visited there. If you translate that from Spanish to English, it is Lily of the Valley, and they are like 75. They're bigger than their host congregation. So they're meeting in, the, in, in Lebanon Valley Church of the Brethren, Brethren's building, and um, I have related to them. Just, just to let you know, when you see that, uh, Pastor Sandy um, and Pastor Morales uh, she's a sweetheart, I mean, and has a strong expression of the gospel. So the guy sat behind us and translated this sermon for us. That, that was really nice, really, really nice. But she she knew that I had been rooting for them uh, when I was on our church development at the district. So He is retired. So they are in a search process. Uh, Lebanon Valley Church of the Brethren is in a search process okay. right now. Okay. Okay. Claudia, uh, I'm sorry. What I'm upset about with this COVID thing, a couple of weeks ago I went on to the CDC's website. Yeah. By their own admission, out all these deaths that you're hearing about, 6% are actually COVID. 6%. Now, call me a wet blanket, but my question is, are you bowing to a disease that Jesus already paid for with his life? Karen, do you want to say anything more about, okay, okay. Did you? I was just thinking about the Supreme Court justice that's going to be a nominated and uh, the kind of person she is. And she seems to be a really strong Christian. And I guess she spoke to uh, a class that was uh, graduating <clears throat> lawyers. And she said, you know, now that you're a lawyer, you really this isn't the place you have arrived. This is just a tool to get you to where you need to be. And she was relating it to, to God. And and it was just really inspiring to hear her. Yeah, it was. It was great. <laughs> Harriet. Our grandson, Rod, has come home from the hospital on Tuesday. And they tested him for the COVID twice, and it was negative. And they tested him for Lyme disease, and that was negative. But they did a blood test, which will be back for two weeks. So, and his headaches are gone. So, they're still testing. Yes. 
Yeah, my sister Janet's daughter, Julie Riesinger, uh, yesterday woke up with a real bad headache and she could hardly stand and they took her to the med center and they discovered she had an aneurysm and they're actually doing some uh, exploratory this morning. Hopefully they can repair it with that, otherwise she might need surgery. So uh, keep her in mind. She's only about 40 years old and has two young um, sons. So keep her in prayer. Anyone else? Karen? Um, I watched the prayer walk yesterday live since I wasn't there. And I was very blessed to hear the man who prayed for the persecuted church and he listed several places and he included the N Nigerian genocide. So I was very blessed to hear that publicly stated. The other thing is we need to pray for this um, Supreme Court nominee. I think it's Amy Coney Barrett. Um, they intend to do their very best to disqualify her. I mean, they've already, she has two adopted children from Haiti. So they've already attacked her, accusing her of adopting them illegally. And I'm like, so we need to pray for her. Because um, I think she's a strong woman, but it's going to be a strong um, offense. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to uh, cast this in um, the light of, of praise uh, over prayer, uh, certainly is not only members of this congregation, but um, certainly Christians all across the world are praying. Um, the CDC did release numbers. Um, the survival rate uh, for persons under the age of 69 who contract COVID is 99.5% to 99.997%. Um, I don't play the lottery, but um, if I did, that sounds like a winner. Um, and then survival rates for the coronavirus for persons over the age of 70 is 99.4%. Per, 99 uh, excuse me, no, 96.4%, I think it is. Yeah, so um, I, I thought that that's wonderful. Uh, um, to me, that's a praise. There has been an enormous amount of prayer over this and um, the Lord is working through this, and also uh, just how he has fearfully and wonderfully made our bodies, our immune systems, able to, to respond to uh, these types of things. So I, I want to give praise to the Lord for, for all of this and for prayer. Yes, yes, yes. I, I checked it. They are on their website. I went through the statistics last night. Yeah, so praise the Lord and uh, the power of prayer. Well, you'll have to excuse me since I was, I, I can't do two things at one time, so I wasn't able to write things down uh, withholding the microphone. So forgive me if I fail to mention names or situations, but you all know what is on your hearts. So don't allow me just to pray for 
what you have on your heart. You must pray too. So let's pray together as a congregation. Heavenly Father, thank you for this gift of prayer. Thank you for allowing us to come together and express our concerns, our fears, our hopes, our joys. Thank you. We know you know everything, but you want us to come and you want us to pray and you want us to, to ask you to help and help you do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for joys. Thank you for wonderful things. Individuals who thought they were going to lose limbs now are at home with that limb saved. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we pray for, for families to not be torn apart, to not lose children that they have cared for for so long. Lord, intercede in that position, in that process. Lord, we, we know that you love children, and we know that the best outcome will take place. We have confidence in you. We don't have fear. We have confidence, and that we are instituting today. Thank you, Lord. And we pray for this situation with this pandemic. Lord, encouraging information from our our Center for Disease Control. Lord, we pray for continued healing. We pray for continued success. We pray for individuals not to receive this, this virus. We know you want us to be healthy, Lord. You know that we are weak and we need your help. So Lord, please have compassion upon us. And Lord, we especially pray for our brothers and sisters in Nigeria. Thank you, Lord, for their faith. Thank you for their perseverance. Lord, we pray that you will stand in the gap and you will stand against those oppressors. Not only those people, Lord, but the Christians throughout the world who are being persecuted. We pray for them. Lord, we just want to serve you. And they want to be good stewards of what you have given them. Help them, Lord, hear our prayers, hear their prayers, and thank you, Lord, for their faith. And we pray, Lord, for this country. Lord, we have no idea what is going on. We pray that this individual who is, is being nominated for Supreme Court will persevere, that you will give her strong foundation and increase her faith. And let your will be done in this situation, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for this country. We pray for revival. We pray for you to set us straight, that we would follow you instead of the world. Thank you, Lord, for all you have done for, for me, for this congregation, for all caring Christians. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Well, it's time to give our... Happy birthday.
No, I feel okay. Was it hit? Linda? Yes, it was. That sounded like the, the Gretna roller rink there at the end. <laughs> yeah, that, that was nice. Yeah, I I love roller skating. Uh, I do. Anybody else like roller skating? Oh my, I love roller skating. Oh yeah. Oh, I grew up at the Gretna roller rink. That was oh, that was the place to be. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Now Kayla doesn't like it too much, but I do. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, good morning. Good to see everyone. Good to see you. I was thinking about many of you uh, this week. I planted grass seed on Wednesday, and uh, we have about an acre and a half, and so I you know, spread new grass seed and fertilizer and was trying to keep it moist, and then we got the rain, and I was so overjoyed when it rained, and I thought, boy, that's, that might be how a lot of our farmers and big gardeners feel, um, wanting the rain, so I thank the Lord for that. So let's pray before we start. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you, um, as I just mentioned, Lord, for the rain. Uh, thank you for your sovereignty over this world. Um, and um, we, uh, as a people, are gathering here this morning to declare that, to declare that you are the sovereign Lord um, for now and forevermore. And so as we approach your word, uh, Holy Spirit, we ask you to guide us into all truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're looking at 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 13. And I'll give you a moment to turn there if you would like. Starting in verse 1, Peter says, This is now... The second letter that I am writing to you, beloved. In both of them, I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandments of the Lord and Savior through your apostles. Knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlook this fact that the heavens existed long ago and the earth 
was formed out of water and through water by the word of God. And that by means of these, the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. And so one of the first things that we can note from these first few verses here that Peter is is writing to this group of Christians, the Lord destroyed the earth with water in the past, and he will destroy the heavens and the earth again with fire in the future. Now, it's easy to think that things are vastly different than they were in the past, but in a lot of ways, things are still pretty similar. In the days of the prophets, people said to Jeremiah, where is the word of the Lord? Let it come. In other words, where is God and why doesn't he come? As far as we can tell, things are as they always have been, so why should we think that he is coming? And the people questioned Ezekiel by saying, the days grow long and every vision comes to nothing. In other words, the days continue as they always have. We have seen no indication that the Lord is coming Our visions are meaningless, for they do not seem to come true. The Lord is not coming. Things will continue as they are forever. And people say the same things today, I think. Where is the Lord? If He's supposed to be coming back, then why does He wait? We have many troubles. Doesn't He care about what's going on down here? Because He has not come back, He either must not care about us, and thus is no use to us, or it doesn't exist, and thus is no use to us. Now, how many times have you listened to a news broadcast and heard hope that God is returning to set things right? That would be news in and of itself, wouldn't it? <laughs> the message of people is the same as it was in the ancient days. Why think about these things when we have enough problems here on this earth to worry about? Focus on the things that we can control and forget about what is out of our control. Quit, quit hoping and wondering about this pie in the sky. We have enough to worry about down here. But Peter's message is a little bit different. Peter says God is coming again. And this is part of the great Christian hope that God will come again to set all things right, and that things will not continue this way forever. Peter says that the persons in the past deliberately overlooked the fact that the Lord did intervene in the past to destroy the earth with a great flood. I think the case can be made today that persons do the same thing. The world deliberately overlooks the fact that the Lord has intervened in the past and that he will intervene again in the future. Paul says in Romans 1, For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. His invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. Now, there's a great deal of evidence that the world has, in fact, experienced a global flood. 
one thing that I find interesting, maybe some of you know this, maybe some of you don't, but when you study the major people groups in antiquity, in, in the ancient world, all of these major people groups have documented in their histories that some type of global cataclysmic flood occurred. That is, that is amazing to think about, that all of these people have the same understanding of the world in the past. Another interesting thing that stumps scientists are the particular rock formations that are found around the world. For instance, the Grand Canyon. Many geologists say that the Grand Canyon was formed by a massive torrent of water. Another interesting piece of evidence is paleontology, the study of fossils. Now, paleontology has been called by many in the scientific community to be the great enemy of Darwin's theory of evolution because the fossil record consistently shows that there was some type of global catastrophe that wiped out the entire animal population. And in a recent book I read over the summer, it was written by a man, I, I don't know if he was a Christian, he didn't announce himself to be, it was written in the 70s, his name was Dr. Neil Gillespie, he was a historian, and um, he wrote a book called Darwin and the Problem of Special Creation. And the author says the following, the fossil record shows nothing in terms of how species were created. What is seen in the fossil record is repeated examples of fully formed animals, <laughs> followed by their extinction and then subsequent replacement with new and different fully formed species. Darwin sought to provide an answer to overcome the incredible amount of evidence that seemed to overturn his theory. And I say all of this not to give us a science lesson, but to remind us that there is evidence for the Lord intervening in the world and destroying it with water. It is substantial. This is, in effect, what Peter is saying. He says, the Lord intervened once before, and so he will do it again in the future. And one of the things that I often forget is that Peter is writing a letter to a group of Christians, and he's responding to some of their concerns and some of their questions. And so when you read his letter, you can almost hear the Christians saying to Peter, well, why hasn't the Lord come back yet? We're being persecuted for the faith. The world is not well. There are major problems. What is taking him so long? Again, I referenced the news earlier, but you, know, you don't have to watch the news very long to feel this way. Why hasn't the Lord come back yet? Christians are being persecuted for the faith. The world is not well. There are major problems. We have viruses that we are dealing with, ethnic tensions, economic problems. People are rioting. What is taking him so long? Let's go down to verse 8. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. One day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. Now this seems hard to, to grasp conceptually, but the point that Peter is making is this, the Lord does not count time like we do. Rather, the Lord is timeless. He is eternal. 
He stands outside of time. He is not bound by time like we are. He sees the beginning and the end completely. They are before Him. But still, we ask the question, why hasn't He come back? Does He not notice the problems that we have? Well, of course He notices. He's very aware of the problems that we have. Hebrews 4, chapter 13 says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give account. So yes, He notices. He sees what is happening. Now notice what Peter says in verse 9. He has not come back yet because He is patient toward us. God wants all persons to reach repentance. In other words, His heart is that persons might have the appropriate time to honor Him as Lord while they still can. Recall what Jesus said to Nicodemus, For God loved the world this much. This is how much God loved the world. That He gave His only Son. That whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Because God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. And so we are living in what is called the age of grace. The kingdom of Christ has broken into this world through the work of Christ on the cross. The kingdom of Christ is here. It is in our midst, in His church but it's not yet fully realized. Right now, the storehouses are being filled. The fields are being harvested. Seeds are being sown. Mature crops are being reaped. This is where we are right now in this timeline of salvation history. God has not come back yet because there are many who are being gathered into His kingdom right now. Verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. And then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. He is coming back. Amen? His return will be sudden. It will be unexpected by many, when He returns, all of the works done on the earth will be exposed. And this is our hope. This is our hope. This is exciting. What it means is that all of the wrongs, all of the injustices that are committed in this world will be made right. Because He is coming back to set all things right. Because He's coming to do this, we can live while being persecuted. We can live while being wronged. We can live knowing that in the end, God will correct these things. Many of you know that I enjoy fly fishing, but one of the, one of the things I don't enjoy is muddy water. I can't see the bottom of the creek. I don't know where the deep holes are located. I have to guess where rocks might be. I don't know what insects the fish are eating. 
Worst of all, I can't see the fish. <laughs> Muddy water. It hides things. But you know, suppose I were to take a mason jar out to the creek and fill it with water. Fill it with that muddy water. At first, what would I have? Muddy water. But if I let that mason jar sit for a few minutes, what would happen? The mud would settle to the bottom of the jar. The water would become clear. And all the stuff that was in the water would be exposed. All of the stuff that was in the water would be visible to me at the bottom of the jar. And this is the picture of what will happen when the Lord returns. When He returns, all of the works done in secret, all of the injustices done in secret that we can't see right now, that we can kind of get a sense of, but we can't really see, all of those things will become visible. Now, I find this both comforting and unsettling. (laughs) Comforting in the sense that what things have been done in this world that are wrong will be exposed, and maybe a bit unsettling in the sense that what I have done wrong that no one knows will be exposed before the Lord. But praise be to God for giving us a Savior who stands before God on our behalf. His righteousness is now our righteousness. He paid the debt for our sins. Verse 11. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to His promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. And so as a result of all of this, Peter says we should live expectantly. We don't know when the master of the house will return. Jesus says this very plainly in several of His parables. We don't know when the Lord will return, but we can be sure that He will return. And this promise is not meant to scare us as Christians. Rather, this promise is meant to give us great joy and hope. Joy that the Lord is patient with us, that He truly wants to see people repent and come to Him for salvation. And so we should be living in a way that is in agreement with our calling, as Peter said in Chapter 1, you remember a few weeks ago we looked at that. We should confirm our calling and election while we still can. We should be a people that is faithful, a people that is virtuous. We should be a people that is full of knowledge of God and Christ, a people that has self-control, not given to fits of rage and anger. And we should be a people that is steadfast in the face of worldly troubles, We should be a godly people who reflects the character of Jesus. We should be a people that has concern for our brothers and our sisters. And most of all, we should be a people that loves others. I'll leave you to make your own judgments on some of the demonstrations that are going on in our world today. But as for me, I don't believe that these demonstrations that are going on are representative of these qualities. Rather, I believe they are representative of the qualities of this world. But I need not concern myself with these things. I need not be fearful of these things. Why do I say that? 
Why do I say that I need not be fearful of these things? Because as Peter says, we are waiting for a new heavens and a new earth. My hope, our hope, the hope of the Christian faith is for a new heavens and a new earth where righteousness dwells completely, sufficiently. But that time is not now. Right now, the Lord in His forbearance is patient with us. And so because of this, I look out at the state of the world these past six months and say, should I be surprised? Is not this what we should expect from a world that does not know Christ? Just as a quick review, summarization of what was said today. And number one, the Lord destroyed the earth once with a great flood. And there's evidence of this fact that even unbelievers recognize. Because of this, Peter says, we can be sure the Lord's going to come back. But he's not coming back yet because he is patient with us. This is what Peter is saying to us. The Lord wants all persons to be saved. But sadly, there are many who will reject this free offer of salvation in Christ. And so we can expect that there will continue to be injustices, there will continue to be struggles, persecutions, and wrongs that will not be made right in this lifetime. We're living in what is known as the age of grace. God is gathering people. He is filling His storehouses as we speak. But make no mistake, He is coming back. As a result, we should live expectantly. We should live like we are waiting for His imminent return. We should seek to confirm our calling and election, as Peter says in chapter 1 of his letter. Because our hope, the Christian hope, is for a new heavens and a new earth where righteousness dwells forever and eternity. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for the comfort that, uh, we can, that we can glean from it, Father, as it seeps into our hearts and our mind and it transforms us. We, we are comforted by the knowledge that You have given us that things may not be as we want them to be right now. Uh, but ultimately, Lord, You are going to come back. And we hope that we see that glorious day in this lifetime, but we may not. Nevertheless, we trust you because you have promised us that you will carry us through death into your kingdom. And so either way, Lord, we give you all the praise because we're going to end up with you. And we thank you for this day. I thank you for these people here, for their commitment to you, their steadfastness, their courage to come here this morning in the midst of all of the turbulence that is surrounding our country, Lord. I ask that you would increase their faith and that you would go with them this week that they may be a bold witness for your kingdom. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.